unbelievable but true, Europeans and Brits finally sealed a deal on Northern Ireland, though many, many investors said that they don't think that this deal will do anything major to ease uncertainties. Now, other than that, trading in the European and American markets, American indices, seems a bit too optimistic yesterday as the hawkish Federal Reserve and the hawkish European Central Bank bets intensified, and JP Morgan warned that if the S&P 500 slips below the 200-day moving average, well, it may hurt. So welcome, this is Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. We thought it would never happen, but it did. The Europeans and the Brits finally, finally found an agreement on the very, 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 very much complicated Northern Ireland issue yesterday. And apparently the war in Ukraine and the fact that they had to collaborate reminded both sides of the channel that they still share common values and more importantly, they share a common enemy. So that apparently helped increasing the willpower from both sides to reach an impossible agreement. Now, having one part of the country of Ireland in the European Union and the other out of it without the hard frontier between the two parts will obviously require a lot, a lot of work and obviously wasted resources. Strong safeguards will allow goods to move freely across the Irish Sea. But because half of Ireland is in the European Union and the other half is still not, well, there will be green and red lanes apparently for goods, real-time data sharing to enable Northern Ireland supermarkets to serve uh, the same stuff than in the rest of the Great Britain. But as Ireland will remain intact, well, they will have to share some uh, market with the European Union. So if Brits are not happy with something happening with the European Union law or regulations, for example, well, they could say no. So that's such a messy, messy puzzle, but it's actually the best it gets since more than half a decade of heavy, heavy negotiations. So yesterday was still a remarkably successful day for the PM Rishi Sunak, even though the DUP expressed some concerns about the deal. Now, most currencies gained against a broadly weaker US dollar at yesterday's trading session. So the fact that cable traded above the 1.20 mark yesterday was not necessarily due to the so-called Windsor framework, but the euro pound remained offered below the 50-day moving average as the Windsor deal or the Windsor framework could be a game changer for the UK economy. It is said that British businesses amassed something around 100 billion pounds since the pandemic months, but didn't really invest this amount due to uncertainties in Britain. And with a comprehensive Brexit deal, well, this cash could flow back to the UK economy and lead to a 10% investment growth per year. We will see if that's the case. For now, though, Invesco's manager, for example, said he remains on the way to UK equities and that this deal is not going to change that, while BlackRock and Aberdeen also warned that they don't necessarily expect the latest deal to remove all of the uncertainty regarding the UK economy and that are waiting on prices. And in all cases, if the deal could help certain and small British stocks recover 
recover all the FTSE 100 wants is a rebound in energy and in commodity prices rather than a Brexit deal or a Windsor framework because Occidental Petroleum missed earnings and revenue expectations when it announced its fourth quarter results yesterday after the market closed and fell 1.2% in the after hours trading despite announcing a 38% increase in its dividend and a 3 billion US dollar worth of a share buyback program. Shell, on the other hand, bounced almost 2% higher in Amsterdam yesterday, and that was despite a 1% decline in crude oil prices as Goldman Sachs upgraded Shell from neutral to buy, citing highest quality combination of assets with a leading global LNG and marketing businesses and strong chemical presence for Shell. Now, Goldman expects the falling natural gas prices to stop falling into this summer when, well, Europeans must refill their natural gas reserves for next winter. And they also see the price of a barrel of crude oil head back to the $100 level. To do that, oil bulls will face three major resistances, though. The 50, the 100, and the 200-day moving averages stand on the way. And remember, the 100-day moving average, which stands near the $80 per barrel level today, well, couldn't be cleared. And that, despite the Chinese reopening, sorry, and the Russian output cut news. So this is why oil giants are perhaps shifting their resources toward greener and more promising business models. And in this context, it was announced yesterday that Shell actually bought the Swiss EV Pass, which is an electric vehicle charging network in Switzerland, to make sure to not miss the train on this electric green revolution and remain a leading power distributor across the globe, no matter if it's electricity or if it's just fossil fuel. Now, a rapid word on crude oil now that we are talking about it. The barrel of American crude remained offered yesterday into the $75 per barrel level, while investor sentiment was not so bad elsewhere in the market and the dollar was not so strong. Now, the oil bears remain in charge of the market at the current levels, but I expect a solid, solid support before the $70 per barrel psychological mark because we like it or not, while the global oil supply remains tight, China reopens, the demand increases, and well, Americans will have to refill their uh, strategic reserves at some point in time. Now, zooming out, European and US markets were well bit at yesterday's trading session. We had <clears throat> some more encouraging economic data yesterday from the US. The durable good orders, for example, took a 4.5% dive in January due to a pullback in bookings for commercial aircraft. But, 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 if we leave that aside, well, coal durable orders in the US expanded more than expected in January and pending home sales surged by 8% thanks to the softer mortgage rates on a broad base and really, a really unfunded decline in the yields altogether. The latter economic data remained consistent with the idea of a strong and a resilient U.S. economy, calling for more interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve to slow inflation. And more importantly and alarmingly, Mannheim's used car price index jumped more than 4% in the first half of February. And that was the largest gain since 2009. So yes, the Fed must do more to slow inflation in the U.S. So Despite yesterday's relief in the financial markets, the U.S. yields will certainly remain under a decent, decent 
positive pressure and higher yields will at some point weigh on equity valuations. That is a mathematical certainty. So the S&P 500 tested the 200-day moving average, which stands near 39.40 level to the downside last Friday, remember? And JP Morgan warns that quants could actually sell the S&P 500 below that level. Should the benchmark go slip under the 200-day moving average, commodity trading advisors could be forced to unlock about 50 billion US dollar worth of equities, they said. Now, in the FX markets, the US dollar index gave some of its gains back yesterday, but given the strength of the economic data, well, yesterday's price action in the US dollar was likely just a correction. We see this morning that the US dollar is still stronger across the board, and the euro dollar sees a decent, decent resistance above the 106 mark, even though, even though the hawkish bets regarding the European Central Bank interest rate hikes intensify because swap markets now price in a rise in the European Central Bank's deposit rate to 3.90% versus around 2.5% standing right now, while this pricing was just around 3.5% last summer. Plus, for the first time, traders bet that ECB rate hikes will extend to the next year. Now, the European stock 600 looked zen yesterday, faced with the rising European yields across the board and a couple of really disappointing data points from the Eurozone, including morose industrial and services sentiment in the Eurozone in February, low consumer confidence, and a lower than expected private loans growth. Now, the hawkish European Central Bank bets are normally positive for the euro. But as I always say, the Fed hawks say the last word these days. So we could eventually see the euro sell off slow on the back of higher European Central Bank interest rate bets, but not reverse. The next key level to watch in the euro dollar is the 104.70, 104.75 level, which includes the 100-day moving average and major 38.2% Fibonacci retrace on the September to the February rally and which, if cleared, should send the pair into the medium-term bearish consolidation zone. Now, a couple of European countries will already reveal their latest CPI updates before the Thursday's flash CPI estimate for the Eurozone altogether. And keep in mind that the higher the numbers, the higher the CPI numbers, the better it is for the Euro. But not for the stocks. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Oskardishkoye and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe of course to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow and until then, good day trading.